Welcome to the United Cast, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for Man United and football. I'm your host Matthew and joining me today, uh, Varen is back. How are you doing? Buzzing mate, I'm buzzing. Good, good, good. Uh, yeah, because we missed you on the last, I think two episodes, uh, the, the Young Boys one. Which, it, it might have been good that you weren't on that one, because that wasn't a very nice episode. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, today we're here to talk about Man United's 2-1 win away in the Premier League against West Ham. Uh, now, I'm not used to doing these reviews with the co-host, but usually with my other podcast with the co-host, I let them go first with their initial thoughts. So, uh, what did you think of the game? I'm sure you got lots of thoughts. I thought we deserved, yeah, I thought we deserved to win. Mm-hmm. I thought uh, we were a better team, uh, you know. Just looking at the stats, uh, possession, uh, you know, attempts on goal, uh, everything, tackles, passes, all the stats, you know, show that we were a better team. West Ham is not an easy uh, easy game, firstly, because of the form that they're in. Secondly, uh, it's never a, a, an easy away game to play in the London Stadium. So mm. I, I was very nervous because I wanted to see the reaction. Uh, you know, I'm a big Ole uh, supporter and I'm, you know, and I, I was devastated after, you know, after the way we lost in midweek uh, against uh, young boys and I wanted to see a reaction. I thought we started the game really well. I think till 19 minutes, it looked like, you know, Ole's got a real good plan. We were keeping the ball. We weren't losing it. We were, you know, those guys were sitting back. And then they, then it became a little open, the game, right? And when it became a little open, I thought Varane was outstanding today. My God, he was like... He was, the word I'll use for him would be, you know, as he was a defensive beast. I, I, you know, except for that unlucky deflection, you know, which wasn't really his fault. You know, mm. there's not much a defender can do at that point. Everything he did was so clean and flawless. He was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and then that sort of rubbed on, you know, rubbed on to the other teammates. I thought, thought Pogba had a decent game, but, um, you know, Fred and McTominay. Mc, Fred and McTominay. We'll talk about it. <laughs> we will talk about them. But, but Bruno, man, man, I, oh, you know something, mate. I, I don't think there's a better world number. You know, there, there's a better number ten or an attacking midfielder in world football right now than Bruno Fernandez. That guy just carries this team. You know, Ronaldo could have had a hat trick. Just. When the second half started and the chance that Ronaldo had one-on-one with the keeper, Bruno, you know, slided him in. And I expected Ronaldo to bury that in. And, I, you know, all, I, I'll tell you, West Ham, when you when you come out of a game like this, Matt, and you say Fabianski was the man of the match for, for West Ham, then you know how well we played. And mm-hmm. that guy made four amazing saves. Ronaldo could have easily had a hat-trick. And he made three, you know, one amazing save from that Bruno hit, uh, you know, from the corner deflection. Uh, one amazing save from uh, Ronaldo, uh, which was going in the top left corner. And then that, you know, that third save one-on-one with him. So, you know, credit where credit is due. I think Fabianski had a great game. But nothing to take away from the fact that, you know, Ronaldo looked good. I think he should have had two penalties. Yeah, definitely. Stonewall penalties, Stonewall. I think... Mm-hmm. To be fair, I think Van Bissaka, that Van Bissaka foul on um, Suchek was uh, was it Suchek or Sufal? I think it was Sufal. One of I think two, yeah. uh, two. I think that was a penalty too. Yeah, I I thought at certain points today we played pretty well. At other points we played kind of our usual 
like slow football, but it was a bit more of a balanced game from us, I thought. Uh, there was two particular things that I noticed that I thought were going to happen that I didn't want to really happen. I'll tell you what those are. I don't like Greenwood on the right. I said that a lot of times before. I've said that on many, many episodes before. Uh, obviously, he's moving to the right to accommodate Ronaldo in the middle, which isn't the worst thing in the world, because, you know, Ronaldo is Ronaldo. The other thing I noticed today is, in the so you go back to last season, right? I think, um, uh, I think Maguire made Lindelof look worse, right? You take Lindelof out, you put Varane in. I now think that Varane is making Maguire look worse. So it's interesting with the the defensive partnerships, um, how that's possibly going to work, because a lot of people don't talk about Eric Bailey, but. Um, I, I think he definitely deserves to have a little bit more of a chance, Eric Bailey. And I remember there was a bit of a comment that came out from him. Um, uh, there was um, a comment that came out from Bailey when we signed Varane. And he sort of said about, um, you know, a, a possible lack of uh, time in, in the team and stuff. Because it's going to be Varane and Maguire every week. But that's something I, I definitely noticed today. But going back to the Greenwood comment for a second as well. Um, I just think sometimes when he when you put him on the right hand side, and it definitely happened today, I think he gets a little bit almost like stranded on his own because sometimes whoever the right uh, centre midfielder is, so it was McTominay today, and definitely with Wan Bissaka, I don't feel like anyone necessarily gets close to Greenwood when he's on the right when he's got the ball. Uh, that's why I think he works a lot better in the middle. Because uh, how I would personally line up the front three, if it was my choice, I'd have Ronaldo on the left, which some people are going to think is weird. I'd have Greenwood down the middle and Sancho on the right. Um, I think that just creates a bit more balance. But then you come back to the normal thing of, like, he he, he loves to put McTominay and Fred in the middle. We saw that again today. That pushes Pogba out the left. And then you can't put Ronaldo on the left. And then you slowly push the team to the right, if that makes sense. So you move Greenwood to the right. You move Ronaldo to the middle. And it doesn't quite work so much um that, that's just a couple of observations from from the game in terms of things that i thought were possibly going to happen that have happened um so uh but on that can I, can I, oh. can I just quickly come in and comment on a couple of things you said i think you made sure. two very 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 valid points right yeah i think uh the uh, mcguire uh mcguire and varan partnership will blossom and i'm being you know i'm being being optimistic yeah it's early but i it's think early. I, I think it should be, but Maguire, let's be honest, had a very average game today, right? Yeah. And yeah. Um, and I, I just feel that, you know, when, when Maguire is playing a high line, he, you know, no matter who's next to him, he just doesn't look comfortable. Mm, you know, yeah. he's he's the kind, he's an old-fashioned Steve Bruce kind of a defender, you know, with a big head, <laughs> who, you know, who can sit in the D and just defend, you know, defend his lines, right? The moment you play him high up and he starts, you know, progressing forward, and there's a counter. He just looks so uncomfortable. Mm, yeah. um, Inwood, I agree. I think he looked very isolated today. He didn't have, you know, he didn't have much, much to contribute. But you know, the guy is a sniper. He will get his chances. But I agree. I think Sancho on the right would. I I would I would like to start Sancho on the right in the next game, and uh, maybe get Greenwood. You know, maybe try to get Greenwood uh, on in the you know 70th minute or something. But uh, mm. I, I think Sancho, uh, Ronaldo, and Rashford uh, front three will be, you know, will be devastating. I'm looking forward to that. That would work. And a, well. and a yeah. fresh, fresh Rashford, you know, 
who has been contributing in the last two seasons of course last season towards the end he had a bad you know he had a bad spell but i think he's going to be back stronger he is really you know I, i've been watching his videos he's been doing a lot of time in the you know in the gym and recuperating and uh, you know and and getting himself back into shape because i thought you know that first injury that he had the back one where he had a four months layoff really lost a lot of weight got really skinny thing is to put on some weight as well and get a little stronger and he's you know he's when he's on form there are very few who can catch up with him you know with the mm-hmm. pace he has so he ronaldo and sancho will be you know fun to watch once they get once they get the rhythm going but lastly i think you know just to sum it up this win you know you know i'm you know i i i grew up in the 80s and 90s you know watching united i just feel that this reminded me of those you know Sir Alex Ferguson, you know, times in the win. Little bit. Yeah, I mean, we were yeah. under the cosh we dominated, but you know that Fergie time and Lingard scoring so late, and then Ronaldo should have had a penalty. Everything going against us. We're trying to hold on for four minutes, and then they gave away give away such a fortuitous, you know, penalty. And and I'm like, oh God, we just don't deserve to lose this game. And then you know, Davide have come. I mean, like I said, Matt, the guy hadn't saved forty penalties before that. and i That's you know i heard him after wow. the match <laughs> he he was he was he's been with the club for 10 years and he really wants he really wants that trophy now you know and you can yeah. see the group is really united what i love the most matt you know putting tactics aside and just just the euphoria the way the whole team charged you know onto the pitch yeah, and grabbed the hair mm. that was so good man Yeah. Okay, back to you. Yeah, it's got that sort of like I don't know fam- families maybe the right word that sort of family feel of like a, a collective kind of unit. And going back yeah. a little bit to what we were saying on the transfer wrap up podcast because I talked about why I'm only out and you talked about why you're only in, but there was a there was a point where I agreed with you is the the happiness that Oli has brought back to this team. So I mean you can question his tactics, his substitutions, all that sort of stuff and we talked about that before. But he has brought that togetherness back that we didn't have after Mourinho. So that's one of the that's one of the points I agreed with you. And and like you said, once not once the penalty was saved because there was still a little bit of game time after that. But once the final whistle blew and they all sort of came together and like celebrating De Gea, that's that's the type of thing that Oli has has brought back to this team. I definitely feel like because yeah, um, that that penalty was it was an interesting one because it was like okay if he misses like if was it Noble if Noble misses we win. if he scores we end up drawing it it was it almost felt like going back to like a mini penalty shootout in a way of like okay we don't get another chance after this it's this and and nothing uh but yeah great great yeah. save from him um it's funny seeing him uh cuz i can't remember that i mean we we don't give away penalties that often so they're not always that sort of memorable and what not but i was thinking about back to you know the europa league final and what he looked like when he was trying to make some saves but then seeing this save from him today it uh it, it was really quite something it was really quite good so yeah and um, you know i i've been a goalkeeper right and i i i i played as a goalkeeper you know all my life i can tell you one thing that when you see when you see your opposition making a substitution to bring on a player who hasn't played all season mm. you get confidence you like okay this guy i can save it had rice taken that penalty he would have scored mm. maybe and yeah. they have said that they have said that he said i saw i saw rice on the ball and i thought okay he's going to take you know he's going to take it and then i was you know the things going on in my mind and suddenly see noble coming and taking the penalty and i you know i i, I don't know i just got a little confident that i can save this one 
So sometimes, you know, little things like that. I think Moyes made a blunder. You know, that he should have, he should have not. I mean, Rice is there. Uh, last season, it was between Lingard and Rice who used to take penalties, right? So right. with Lingard, of course, <laughs> playing for us now, <laughs> uh, you know, Rice, Rice was was the designated, um, you know, penalty taker, and to to just, and he's also their, you know, their their um, uh, talisman, right, so to speak. Uh, just looks like a very confident bloke. Um, very, you know, good for us. I mean, <laughs> good for us. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just want to make one more observation about. I, I don't often on this podcast talk about the other team. I usually focus on because there's plenty mm. of us uh, of like main United players to talk about and stuff. I tell you what, I really like that Bowen. I I I remember last oh, yeah. I remember last season's game where we beat them three one. I think it was the same fixture, but last season. And even then, because I hadn't really like heard of him or seen him before, because there's no reason for me to keep keep track of West Ham's team. Um, and I remember seeing him in, in the game back then. I was like, this guy's pretty good. Like he's fast. He's got really good ball control. Really good balance. He's good at passing. I don't remember too many shots, but everything else he was pretty good at. And I was really impressed with him again today. That Bowen. And it's not often I really bother to compliment the other team's players and stuff uh, or really even ob- observe them that much like if one of them scores I'll talk about like what what sort of happened there um, but I, I really quite liked him I, th- I thought it was pretty good so um, did you, for, you notice him? They bought him they bought him from Hull for peanuts really 8 million or something like that That's uh, I don't wow. remember the yeah and then uh, Liverpool were uh were were linked with him in the summer, and uh, you know, of course, he was not going to go to Liverpool till you know till they sorted the Salah situation out with his contract and everything. I think they were looking at him as a backup for Salah. So you can imagine how you know. Hmm. To, so to your point, he's highly regarded, right, by by a lot of clubs. Yeah, yeah. Let me just check something. Um, oh, he is English, Bowen. I wonder what country he was from because again, I didn't really know much about him. He deserves an England call up, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, it's probably not going to happen, but I I think he's he's worthy of that. So, but anyway, yeah. um, let's talk about some of the actual events of the game and the goals and that sort of thing. I want to talk about the penalties first because usually I do a little sort of summary and that type of thing, mm-hmm. or go through the summary that's listed here. But I want to talk about the penalties first, and then we can talk about each goal as it happened, if that works. Um, let's talk about the the last one first, the Luke Shaw one. Although it was annoying at the time to concede the penalty, I did think it was. Shaw's hand is pretty, or arm, is pretty stuck out in that situation. Um, I didn't notice it at first, you know, when the... um, Might have been Bowen, actually, that crossed it in, I can't remember. Whoever crossed it in at the time, and then it just looked like it hit him and went straight out for a corner, and then they called for a penalty straight away. Um, Although I would say that it was a penalty, it was my issue with the other two, with the Ronaldo ones, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, Did you think it was a penalty from the Shaw... Humble. I, I think, in today's today's day, uh, day and age, it's a penalty mm-hmm. uh, because you know his hand was was completely uh, you know separated from his body. Not really in a natural but, position. Yeah, not in natural position, as they say. But the again, uh, I would say I would say it was sixty forty, only because the distance between him and the player. Who, who struck the ball wasn't too much, mm. so it was what uh, you know, just a yard. So I, you know, I'm still a little confused about this rule. Rule, right? The, the rule says that if the, you know, if if the arm is not in his natural position, you know, does he have the time to move that hand away 
if he's not you know if he's not too close or too close to the player i thought i thought he was very close to the player so that you know i don't know it's a 50-50 you know with var i the moment the moment they were checking it i knew is it's going to be given because I, you know these days these ones are given so yeah. you can't do much about it i mean that's you know it's 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 the rule now so uh it is what it is yeah 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 um i i agree in a way i do think there could be a little bit more awareness possibly from Shaw of like okay this player's probably going to cross it in and his hands were just like stuck out that's just how i sort of saw it so uh, but it didn't matter anyway because they because they missed the penalty and won the game so <laughs> no but with that said Matt, you know when you were a, when you were a left uh sided player right and right. and and uh, when you when you're defending one on one usually when you're backtracking and you're trying to defend across your natural position as a defender is you can't you can't walk or run with your hands close to your body so he was moving had he been just standing there That's maybe true. you know he, he did not need to move his hands so when you're moving naturally the hands go you know up so you know you can't blame the defender also in that case because you know it's very difficult for an athlete to not walk or run without you know the arms moving as well so <laughs> This it's just a preposterous rule. I mean, you know, it's just it, it is it is a rule that you know these guys have to take a look at again. It's it is highly controversial. Mm-hmm. The referee did not give it in the first go. So, and I thought that was because he thought that you know Shaw was very close to the crosser. So, but when you know when they looked at it again, the arm was so 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 wide that they had to give it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... Onto the Ronaldo ones, I thought both of those were penalties when Ronaldo went down. There was a few other instances where he just kind of fell over a bit, but the two that were actually looked at as possible possible penalties, I thought both were. And at the time, when Noble was running up or stepping up for the penalty, I thought, like, you know what, if this goes in and it's 2-2, we could have possibly won the game 3 or 4-2. Of course, that, didn't, that wasn't what ended up happening. Um, but to me, with, with any kind of thing like that, with the Ronaldo ones, if you're ru- first of all, if you're running at full speed like Ronaldo would have been, it's very easy. We, we've got to remember these players are still, you know, human beings at the end of the day. And you have to think about it in terms of how the physics of it work. In terms of like, okay, if you're anybody, it doesn't matter if you're a footballer, whoever you are, if you're running forwards somewhere and someone nudges you a bit or slightly trips you, there's much more of a chance that you'll fall over as opposed to, like, if if Ronaldo's standing still in that box and he gets tripped a little bit, there's less chance of him falling over. But in both the situations, he's running at full speed, defender sticks his leg out both times, doesn't get any of the ball, uh, and then falls over. But the referee just said um, nothing, so or carried on. Uh, what do you think of the uh, two-penalty instance? I agree with you. I uh, So... There were three actually, right? Uh, the third one being uh, where he, I, his arm got pulled when he was, uh, you know, going to uh, head the ball from I think Bruno's cross. Right. Uh, I I thought that wasn't a penalty. I thought he went down really easily there. But the two one-on-one uh, with Zuma, uh, especially in the end, I thought was a stone wall penalty. Yeah. The the, the last one I thought was clear. There were two things to it. Firstly, you know, you highlighted his pace. Secondly, if you see the direction of the ball, it hasn't changed. You know, after yeah, and Ronaldo yeah. got the last touch. So once that is an old-fashioned, and that's what Ronaldo is so good at. He's done that for 15 years, right? Mm. He's done that for 15 years. Uh, he won. 
he won us the title in 2008 when 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 he did that against Newcastle I remember <laughs> and he won the penalty and he came up and scored that and we won the title on the last day so anyway uh that was a that was a 100% penalty for me simply because he gets the last touch and and Zuma has completely taken him off completely yeah so yeah. i i don't know how how vr has not you know this clear and obvious error thing is so annoying i don't know i mean that if that is not a clear and obvious error i don't know what it is so i, I don't know what it is right mm-hmm. the second one the second one i i i think that's that's a penalty too but but just to, you know just to be sort of unbiased here i think ronaldo sort of you know is going down just a tad bit before the contact happens yeah everyone yeah. every player does that though don't they they're, they're told to do that so right exactly yeah. so i think he's literally on his way down but but if you see the replay he's completely again taken him off there's contact yeah yeah there's contact he has got the ball and that's a penalty i mean this this there's no two ways about it both are stonewall penalties mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't go to var for either of them did they like none of them I think they, they both. I think they. They went yeah. to both, mm. and uh, they 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 went to VR for both, and and Ronaldo was just waiting. He's standing right next to the referee, and his reaction was on both. It's like I can't believe even VAR is said no. Yeah, so. yeah. So, um, all right. Let's move on from that. Talk about the actual goals, the what the things that won us the game. Uh, I clicked on a summary here. Um, they actually did score first, didn't they? Uh, what's this player's name? Ben Rama. Um, so he scored an assist from uh, Bowen. Of course, a, a passing from the right hand side. Um, bit of a uh, unfortunate deflection thing here. I mean, whenever we concede a goal, right, the natural reaction is like, whose fault is it? Who was where? Who should have blocked what? Who should have tackled to? Etc. Etc. We all do that, I think, straight away. Like, whose fault was that goal? Because uh, in my opinion, almost every goal in football can be avoided to a degree you know you can defend against uh goals in in, in a particular way so we, we always kind of look at like who's who's at fault for it um so the deflection did come off of Iran uh and it went in the, nothing really the Haya can do I, I I do think there's certain goals in football you've got to look at and think okay the, ke- the keeper just couldn't really do much about that especially with a deflected goal because it changes the ball's trajectory obviously um it's funny if I look at the amount of times last season that I moaned at Lindelof for not blocking the ball, not getting in the way, or not really being anywhere near it. And then I look at a situation like this, Varane does attempt to get the block in, he does make contact with the ball, but it's not quite enough. Um, Now, there's a bit of a difference, and and I suppose a fine line between like, okay, has has the defender for your team attempted to block the ball? Often Lindelof didn't, he kind of just stood there sometimes. Uh, Varane has in this situation, it's just unfortunately hit his body in the wrong way and you know got gone in and stuff uh so it's it's just one of them things that kind of happens the thing i noticed as well because initially i thought it was Wambasaka that deflected it because he's like jumped yeah. in the way of the ball with his with his foot and then somebody else yeah. did as well i think it was Maguire. Do, do you think that they've kind of gotten in each other's way almost with that because there's like three of them all going for this one ball and it's a very quick kind of thing i don't know i it, it almost looked because on a couple of the replays it almost looked like they'd almost gotten in each other's way. I don't know. Uh, what What did you were, make of the first goal? They were, they were, yeah, they were late. I thought both uh, Varane and uh, uh, Van Bissaka, uh I think Van Bissaka was about a yard behind him. But I thought, 
they took that much longer to close him down yeah. firstly yeah uh, and you're right about the Lindelof comparison um, you know it's ironic that he he makes the block but if you look at his position the way he's made the block it's actually hit his hand right but his hand was close to his body it's hit his hand and gone into the goal if you see the you know replay again okay and yeah. and that's because that's because he's actually blocked it sideways had he been able to completely turn 360 it would have probably hit his back and just rebounded off him right. you see what i'm yeah. saying yeah yeah so that is so just to, just just you know that's football sometimes right Ma- matter of inches mm. had he been one second faster in closing him down he would have prob- probably taken that on his back or you know a, a second second uh, uh uh slower he would have taken it on his chest right but because because the you know the timing was as such he takes it sideways on his arm because he was sideways the ball ricochets the ball you know ricochets off his arm and goes into deya couldn't do anything about it so just mm-hmm. very like you said very unlucky a defender can't do anything he's done what he the only criticism would be that he could have probably closed him down a little faster that's it mm. he could have come he could have come come to the ball a little faster you know yeah because yeah. ben rama takes takes a touch and then like it's not like he hits he hits it first time right yeah so he touch. takes a touch he moves towards the tee and that that is when you can you know you have the time to close him down so you got to you got to anticipate that he's going to take that shot but ben rama is another you know another player that i really like uh, along with bowen i think he's another he's another guy in that team who's 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 uh, who's class mm. yeah um i i didn't today i still not again not a lot of people talk about eric bailey i think not only is bailey possibly our best defender but he is also the best at blocking there's been a lot of times where bailey will just throw himself in the way of the ball and uh block quite a few shots and stuff but we haven't even seen him this season yet, have we? I think so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, it's this weird change-up thing where I think Lindelof made Maguire look worse, or sorry, Maguire made Lindelof look worse, and now it's the other way around with Varane making Maguire look worse. So it's like, do you take Maguire out and put somebody else in? Because me, pers- I I tweeted out a um a team that I would put out. I think I tweeted out yesterday, and I put Bailey next to Varane. Now that's not going to happen under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. You know, Maguire's the captain and that. Um, that's I. I'd like to try that um, partnership. See if see if that maybe works. Just I. I just like how quick Bailey is, and I like how well he blocks the ball at times and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can't. Uh, I I can't disagree with that. I I I think. Um, I think Bai is just erratic at times, right? Of course, I think, that, I think that works, though, he get um, points. Yeah. yeah. He's he's quick as well. Um, he's good. At, he's ama- He's one of the best, you know, blockers in the game. I mean, the mm. guy because he's so flexible, right? He's <laughs> his 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 body movement, and you know, he's not he's not heavy on his legs, right? So he, he's he's a real good blocker. So I agree there. But but I think you got to give you got to give Varane and Maguire, you know, few games. They they mm. they're gonna get it right. I I just think you know physically, uh, just looking at the two centre halves, they sort of complement each other on paper. They just have to, you know, get 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 that going on the on the pitch. Like I said earlier, I think I think Maguire needs to stop venturing forward that much. I think Van Bissaka stays back, uh, you know, uh, when when these two go forward. I think you know Van Bissaka goes forward, uh, Varane stays back. I think Maguire should stay back, 
Maguire goes forward and then, you know, when there's there's a mistake made by Fred and we lose the ball in the heart of the midfield, then you then you got a problem. So uh that's that's my only criticism. But Varan mm. was so good today, man. Yeah. I mean yeah. I, I was so impressed with him. He was just too good. Mm. It's almost as if it's almost as if um Maguire wants to play as a CDM sometimes. <laughs> The way he charges yeah, the pitch. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. if you if you want to try Maguire next to uh, somebody else and then play Varane and Bailey, I'm all up for trying different things. So, but I I agree with what you said as well. It, it is going to take a little yeah, bit of but, time. Yeah, oh, it is going to take a little bit of time. Yeah, for, the only uh, issue with that. Varane and Maguire to to settle. So yeah, the only issue with Bailly and Lindelof. See, the thing is, we've got four centre halves, right? All four are right for it. We've got all five, four, but we don't four, see the other one. <laughs> right, right. And all, all, all of them are right sided, right? All are, uh, you know, uh, uh, have been. Uh, Maguire, of course, now has gone playing on the left side because he's been doing that for England too. But Bai, so, so playing, if you, if Bai is going to come in or Lindelof is going to come in, then Varan will have to move to the left. And Varan is not somebody who likes playing on the left side of the, you know, of the of the back four. So that is the only, you know, question mark I would have about, you know, positioning. Then, you know, then it would go wrong too. So, so which is why I, I, I don't think, you know, those experiments can work. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Something for them maybe to try on the training ground. But yeah, I, I think, you know, Maguire yeah. and uh, Varane are going to take a bit more time still to uh, to settle in. Uh, it's just funny that you said four centre-backs when we do actually have five. But, you know, we'd never see Phil Jones anymore. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, he hasn't he hasn't played. Do you know when he last played? It was January twenty twenty. Um, I I remember oh my. I remember I remember the game and everything. So, but we don't need to go there, anyway. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh my god, that, that I can't believe it's been that long. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, uh, all right, let's move on. Talk about Ronaldo's uh, first goal. Uh, pass in again from uh, Bruno Fernandez. Uh, they got that uh, Portuguese chemistry, haven't they? And then uh, almost a similar goal to. Uh, the, his his first one against Newcastle, but in a bit of a different way, because that goal against Newcastle, deflection off Greenwood shot, Ronaldo taps it in. In this case, Bruno crosses it in. Ronaldo, I think, took a shot, didn't he? Uh, and then it hit off Fabianski. He he spilled it, and then uh, Ronaldo tapped it in. So uh, another really, good, I, th- I think that's going to be a really positive, really big thing for us this season. That sort of you know Ronaldo at nine, Bruno at ten, that Portuguese chemistry that they've got he can cross Bruno can cross the ball in for Ronaldo but you could even do it the other way around as well um I really noticed or have noticed over the last couple of games that Ronaldo's played in um that's a really big important part of our team I think plus you've also got the Ronaldo Varane chemistry because they used to play at Real Madrid so it's uh, it's quite good the way that's actually set up it just it just depends for me I think who's behind Bruno and who's on his left and on his right because those are things that tend to change a bit more, but another really good goal from Ronaldo, and just more, uh, more Portuguese goodness. So, what do you think of the first goal, or Ronaldo's goal? Instinctive, uh, something that we've been lacking, mm. right? Something that we've been crying out for. Now, that's if you see that goal, now you know why we've bought, we've got a guy who can give us twenty five, thirty goals a season, right? That's that is an, a classic example of what a natural goal scorer does he sees he has you know he sees the ball coming he's his he stays on side he anticipates that the first man is going to miss the ball 
and the way he just moves his leg instinctively, it could have gone either side of the keeper. It was a straight goal. You know, he wasn't stopping it with that distance, but it goes straight at him. It was so quick because he, he literally just put his, you know, leg out and then he was there to, you know, sort of, uh, you know, uh, kill it in the rebound. Uh, I just think that is an amazing goal. You know, of course, it's not it's not going to be talked about too much, but Bruno Fernandes, what a ball! Especially, yeah, yeah. especially after I think I think Bruno just made the assist of the season against um, young boys when you know when Ronaldo scored. I think that was the pass of the pass of the decade for me. I mean, from the outside of his right foot and and then just put it on the plate for Ronaldo and he finished it. And then after you know after. After that assist, he comes up with this one. And he had a couple of real good, you know, he had a very good game, Bruno. Um, he, he had some real good, you know, uh, crosses in that he, there was another cross from, you know, far right side, uh, which which is, which is I think, in the, you know, first 15 minutes of the game, which uh, Greenwood, Green, Greenwood was about to, you know, uh, get his head to and Zuma, uh, sorry, uh, not Zuma, Ogbana. Uh, put his, you know, f- flew in and sort of, you know, hit a flying header and, uh, you know, put that away for the corner. So I think Bruno put some real good crosses in. I think Ronaldo did what Ronaldo does best. He's This guy's this guy's going to get us 30, you know, even more, hopefully even more, mm. you know, should be able to get us 30 goals this season. He's got four so, already. So. Yeah. Has he got four? Yeah. Four, four <laughs> goals in, yeah, three games. Newcastle, Young Boys, uh, this game, and... Yeah, the three the three games. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty incredible. But I think that's going to be really important going forward. That Portuguese uh, chemistry, whatever yeah. you want to call it, uh, go, going forward, especially when you've got like Pogba next to him and and that sort of stuff. I think it's going to be very very good. Yeah. Uh, so that was the first half. Um, now next up in the summer, I've got, they got their substitutions, but we don't need to talk about theirs really. Uh, Sancho and Lingard came on for Pogba and Greenwood. Um, so the two wingers basically came off for two actual wingers because Greenwood and Pogba aren't wingers, but Sancho and Lingard are. I'm, I've got a very specific and picky thing with like players playing in their actual positions. I've sort of like that's not, that's something I I do talk about a fair bit. Um, I noticed straight away Lingard's on the right, Sancho's on the left. Um, he does keep playing Sancho on the left, and it's not the worst place to play him. It's just a bit strange to me that. After all this time when we haven't had a proper proper right winger since what Valencia, that the majority of the time Sancho's actually played for us already has been on the left wing, with either like Greenwood yeah. on the right or some or like James. I remember in the the I think it was the Wolves game, uh, James played on the right and he was on the left and they were switching over. I noticed at one point in this game actually both Lingard and Sancho were on the left hand side and then Wambasaka was like even yeah. more isolated on the right. It's it's very uh, our, our team can be a little bit unbalanced sometimes with how we use our players positionally and I do find it a bit annoying sometimes. I agree. I think yeah. uh, Ole says that too uh, in his press conferences about you know interchangeability and uh, you know he doesn't like to call anybody a number 9 or doesn't like to call anybody a you know a right winger or a left winger he says that you know all three of my front three can, you know, play in either positions and stuff. And I think that's that's what you're uh, alluding to. What you will see about this goal is, though, uh, Zuma uh, is the was was a new signing for uh, West Ham, right? Yeah, so yeah. he didn't he didn't really play, you know, he didn't really train with Lingard last season. Yeah, Ugbana, you know, and others were of course teammates last season. Now Lingard finds himself one on one 
with Zuma. Zuma is tracking back, tracking back. The moment, the moment Lingard takes a touch, uh, you know, Zuma, Zuma is is stepping back. But you know, he should have seen his videos. Lingard has been doing this all his life. Lingard, uh, you know, the goal, the go, the final against uh, the sorry, the goal in the final in the FA Cup. I can think of so many. Even last goal against Newcastle, he always switches the ball to his right and he curls it on the top corner. Yeah. Zuma gave him too much of time. I just, I just think that you know it was good that it was Zuma that was marking him and not Ogbana because Ogbana would have definitely known that this guy's going to shift and he would have closed him down faster. Gave him too much of space there. Gave him too much of space, and uh, I think at the end of the day, you know, because he had so much of space on the ball, it was an easy finish for him. Mm. Don't take anything away from the finish. I just think that it got easier for him because you know Zuma didn't clo- close him down faster. So. But wow, what a goal that was! And you know, especially uh, you know, it's it's a funny thing, football, right? I mean, after after all that he went through this week, and after that, you know, error against young boys, and it is it is just a room, you know, the most romantic ending to the football match, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> With Lingard having coming off the bench and scoring it, you know, that's why I feel that life, you know, in football comes a full circle sometimes. So. Mm-hmm. That was brilliant. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm a liter, you know, I, I grew up reading literature, so for me, that was, you know, that was the romance, man. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, I, I get what you mean. Yeah, um, it, it's funny with Lingard because even over his like whole time at Man United, I don't think he's been consistently great, apart from maybe a few spells here and there. Um, but he can come up with these types of goals and like him doing these curling shots from the edge of the box, he can do them, but it's either a case that he doesn't do them enough or he doesn't get the chance to do them enough. Um, cause he has got a fairly good shot on him sometimes. It's just maybe some of the rest of his game. But then as of, as we spoke about in the uh, transfer podcast that we did, I just wonder when Cavani and when Rashford comes back and you've already got Greenwood and Sancho and Ronaldo and Pogba and everybody else, don't forget about like, Alanga and Diallo and all these other players that can play in that front three. Uh, I just wonder where, and I didn't even mention Martial's name either. You got him as well. I just wonder. Oh my when, God, Martial. Yeah, I just yeah. wonder when we've got like everyone back. How much uh, space there is for Lingard and Martial? Because he's going to favourite Rashford a lot. He's going to play him on the left a lot. That's going to move Pogba somewhere else. Uh, and then you've still got like who do you play up front? Greenwood, Cavani, or Ronaldo? And then on the right, you've probably got Sancho, or hopefully Sancho. And then you just wonder where the Lingard and Martial kind of fit into that. Now, they can sit on the bench if if that's going to be an option. I just I just wonder yeah. how that's going to work. So, um, yeah. No, I see what you're saying. I think very difficult to leave him, uh, you know, leave him out now from you know from the like he's in the reckoning now, right? And uh, having scored a, I think both of the goals have been awesome that he scored against Newcastle in today. So. You know, very yeah, different. Yeah. One thing I like about Ole is that you know he gi- he he gives he gives players their you know their due, right? He he sees a player, and, uh, and the greatest example of that is Greenwood. You know, he went on he went on to buy Sancho, and he's still playing Greenwood there because he he can't keep him on the bench. Greenwood has has earned his right to start over Sancho, right? So similarly, I think you know with Cavani and Rashford, anyone coming back, Rashford is of course a natural starter. 
But I think Lingard's role throughout the season is going to be that, you know, is going to be the role that Ole played for United for so many years, right? The super sub. Mm. So maybe, you know, maybe Lingard could be our, you know, next super sub, right? Uh, after that, Ch- Chicharito was there for, you know, for a few years. And oh, I miss him. We haven't had that guy, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I used to love that. We haven't had that guy, you know, coming off the bench and scoring goals. So, you know, maybe Lingard could be that guy. Mm. Do you know the funny thing about that, now that you're on the subject? That was what Dan James was supposed to be, but he was never used that way. Yeah. Um, I remember when Dan James first came in in August, and he was starting games. And he was supposed to be like, the, you know, the, this up-and-coming player from the championship that makes an impact sub. Because I remember there was all this talk about, like, oh, because Dan James is so quick and he plays on the same side as Rashford, and when Rashford gets tired in games and the opposition's worn out, you bring James on, he can use his pace. I don't remember that ever actually happening. But anyway, James has gone to Leeds now, so I suppose yeah, it's up to Lingard to do, do that. Sorry? Yeah, he, he, he never really... That's a good point. That's, that's actually... He was... When you think about the role that, you know, the the team probably had in mind for him when he came in, yeah, must have been just that. But he didn't have too many goals in him. Lingard, if you see what he did for West Ham last season, he was almost playing like a false nine for them, right? And Lingard has goals in him. You know, whether you call him a left winger, right winger, a ten, a false nine, whatever his position is, he's a floater, and he's got an eye for goal. Uh, you know, so so. I I think I I personally feel that Ole has figured him out really well. I think he's he's given him a role, you know, coming off the bench where he can thrive in, because the game opens up in the last you know last fifteen twenty minutes, whatever the situation is, mm-hmm. you know, unless unless you're losing, you know, and and the team is uh, uh, you know defending, you're playing City, maybe at that point he won't be you know he won't be the guy to bring on. But in games like this where you know where the game is open. Open up so much, and it was literally one all. And even they were coming, you know, they were coming for us. It, it wasn't like they were just sitting back. They they sat back. When, they was they started sitting back when Lingard scored actually, and I was really surprised. I was surprised that he actually we scored with 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 the the game at a, a, a position or the you know at a time in the game yeah. where they were all eleven players behind. And it wasn't that open, and he, 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 you know, and he, he just curls it. So he has that in him, you know. He has that in him, and I'm really happy for this guy, man. I mean, he's gone through so much in life, you know. I was watching his interview with um, one of the stars, uh, one of these, you know. I, I'm not from England, so I don't know the celebrity's name. I think it's uh, this lady called. She's some kind of a, you know, some kind of a. Um, philosopher, uh, and I don't know what his name is. Okay, and yeah. he was talking about his. I'll, I'll, you know, if the name comes to mind. I'll let you know. But the thing is, he was talking to her. It was a show, and um, and he told her everything about his life. You know what he's gone through with his brother, mother, and everything, and how you know mental health issues and things like that. And and in the end, he said, you know, a line that I really, really loved. And he said, you know. In the end, everything's going to be okay. If it's not okay, it's not the end. You know, so mm. I remember that. I, I so loved it. And, you know, that's that's the kind of a person he is. You know, he's 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 loved by his teammates. You know, uh, he's... Ashford he, he, and, you know, him are great, uh, great you know, great uh, buddies. And so is now Sancho's come in. Sancho's great buddies with him. 
he's a he's a good he's a real likable guy you know you want you want him to do well yeah yeah so um i just want to throw him, i don't want to spend too much time talking about this but i want to throw him one comment um when the i think it was the first subs because we didn't really see matic like come off the bench we saw him stand on the side and come on the pitch when they cut the camera to sancho and lingard you know they're taking their training thing off and their, their shirt was there and everything you know when they, they take off their uh training kit and everything and sancho and lingard were coming on the camera was panned from left to right so it showed i think pogba on the bench um was it pogba no not pogba sorry uh, it showed a couple of the other players that were that were on the bench it's panned all the way to the right and donny was sitting on the bench on the the right hand side of it he was the last player that the camera panned to i tell you man the look on that guy's face um he he did not look happy at all uh I'm van der beek i'm telling you right now and you know i'm telling you this right now matt and uh you know you can hold me to this uh, six months from today Van de Beek is going to either get sold or he's going to be loaned out in January. Yeah, no, Take I agree. Take it in. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I'm surprised he hasn't already handed in a transfer request. I mean, every now and then the camera does cut to like certain people on the bench and stuff, like the manager or whatever. Just every time I see, every time they cut to Van de Beek's face on, on the bench, he just looks so massively unhappy. Um, but I, yeah, I don't want to... Can I say one thing here, right? Sure. See, sure. can I say one thing? Here? See, after the young boys, you know, you know how the you know the the Twitter world is, and you know the media and everybody. They were yep. they were out to get Ole's, you know, they were they were after Ole's, you know, game management skills, right? And and the substitutions he made, and so much of so much has been you know diagnosed and dissected, and 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 now you you know you you fast forward five days later, and he makes three substitutions, and all three substitutions impacted, right? So again, this is this is the funny thing about management. Now, now I want to hear you know all these Ole outers who think that he did not make you know good substitutions and he's not good at game management. What about these three substitutions? He brings on Lingard and Sancho. They they go on to you know impact the game, and then he and then he brings on Matic, and Matic was the one who assisted Lingard for the goal, right? So all three of them had a had a part to play in the victory, and again. It was those three substitutions. Where do you fit Van der Beek in? I I still feel he could have started. I I I'll tell you what was so annoying about this game from Man United's standpoint. Uh-huh. The annoying part is when you've won all and you're trying to keep the ball because we are the team that looks like winning it. And there are certain moments in the game where Fred has the ball and he makes a stupid error and he gives the ball away. There's a it's a there's a 10, 10, 10 yards, not even 10 yards, six yards pass to be made in front of a guy who's standing right next to him, Bruno, and he just, you know, McTominay, again, McTominay, Bruno's standing on the touchline and he makes the ball, and, and he makes that wicked pass and the ball goes out, outside for throw and we lose, lose possession, turnover. It's four turnovers, Maguire once, easy pass, no, no pressure, just... Taking the ball, you know, take sorry, taking your eye off the ball. Fred did it three times between that 70-minute to 80-minute mark, and I was pulling my hair apart. I was like, "What? He's a game." But again, he's bringing all this criticism on him by doing by by just doing these schoolboy errors, right? Same thing with McTominay, and and you know, and Pogba too. I don't I don't understand when you know they do the difficult. They, Fred, 
did so many things right in the game today. You know, he broke plays so many times. He won the second ball so many times. But when we are run all and we have we are going there to win the game, that's when you really need really really need to put the pressure on and keep the ball, keep the hold of the damn ball. And he just keeps giving the ball away. It's mm-hmm. so frustrating, man. I mean, if I was Ole, I, I wouldn't know what to do. Yeah, I just think Fred's got to learn to calm his day, get calm his uh, game down a bit. He's very, very erratic on the ball. Whether it's him trying to pull off a pass, whether it's him trying to stand up without falling over, whether it's tackling, he's just very, very, very erratic is the word I'd use. So, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that is frustrating. That is so frustrating. But on 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 the Vanderbilt point, just the last point, I think, I. I think uh, he he will have games where he'll, where he will still come off the bench and might impact it. Uh, but see, I think if you look at look at the you know the the uh, system in which you know Ole is playing, right? It, you can see now, you know, number one his number one uh, combination is Fred and McTominay. So number one maybe Fred, number two McTominay, or you can shuffle them. Number three. You know, number three is of course uh, you know Matic, and then he's number four in the in the in the in that order, right? Uh, Pogba, if if Pogba is playing in the pivot, then you know then Pogba comes uh, you know before all of them. So you got Pogba, Fred, McTominay, and then Matic. So he goes further down the pecking order, uh, yeah. and Pogba switch will switch into that midfield once you know once they once they get hand of you know a couple of things and. You know, I think against certain oppositions where they want Varane to play further forward and they might not go with Fred and McTominay. If he goes with either of them, then, you know, Pogba plays in that pivot. And then you have Sancho, Rashford. I think when Rashford comes back, there's going to be a Rashford, you know, a Sancho, uh, Ronaldo front three. And then, then you have a Pogba playing in the midfield, you know, along with either Fred or a McTominay. I think that is that is what he's going to do. Can, can, can He can do that with Matic too, right? I think, I think with Matic number one, and then you know, then Fred, and then McTominay. So he's he's he he and Martial, I sort of feel for. Mm. But listen, yeah, I, I, I don't know what to say. I don't, you know, uh, it's it's at the end of the day, it's about you know, it's about creating a team that can win us the title, and if if he's making the decisions and it's working for him, uh, you know, then then it is what it is. So I I just I just feel. I feel for him. I, I I feel he's a victim of a very bad, uh, very bad uh, decision making by our scouting team, and and I think he was a, he he's just a bad transfer for us. You know, mm-hmm. even though I really like him, but I thought if you look at the turn of events, Matt, we were we were like that close from getting Grealish because Aston Villa were that close from getting relegated, right? Had they gone relegated, Grealish has been a boyhood United fan. He was going to come, but the moment they 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 stayed up, Aston Villa asked for eighty million. Uh, when they asked for eighty million, uh, we said we you know look at our plan B. That's very few times that Ole has gone for a plan B when he hasn't gone in his main target, and he went for Van der Van der Beek. Now I don't know what did he have in mind when he bought him. Did he think okay I'm going to get him as a cover for Bruno and play him as a ten? Oh, I'm going to get him. You know, somebody who's going to come up. But I don't. I don't know what is the thinking or logic behind. That's the mm. only criticism I have of Ole when he 
when he went out and set out to go buy Ole, uh, sorry, set out to buy Van de Beek, what was he thinking? Forty million is not a, and, and during a pandemic, in the middle of that transfer, he buys. I wasn't like it's not like he came cheap or something, and and I understand the relationship between us and Vandessa, and you know Vandessa probably sold him to us. He was going to go to Madrid, he came to us, but it's unfortunate. Yeah. I still think there's a place for him alongside Matic in that midfield, but I just there's no point saying or you know talking about it because Ole's not freaking going to do it, you know. So, yeah, yeah. I I tell you what I think Ole's going to do when Rashford comes back. I've just been looking at our team and thinking of how he fits Rashford in and stuff. Now this doesn't sound right, but this is what I think Ole's going to do. I could be right, I could be wrong. I think he's going to stay with Fred and McTominay in the, in the pivot because he likes them. And I don't think anybody's going to move those two players out unless it's some rare occasion. Then I think he's going to play Pogba on the left, Rashford on the right, and then probably Bruno and Ronaldo. That's what I think he's going to do when Rashford comes back. Because he likes, he likes playing Pogba, he likes playing Fred and McTominay, mm-hmm. he likes playing Ronaldo, he likes playing Bruno, and he likes playing Rashford. And unless you either switch it over so that Pogba's on the right, which is even weirder, and Rashford's on the left. I think the first way that I said that is what he's gonna do, and then with with the you know the normal back four, that's that's how I think he's gonna try and put Rashford in the team. Um, because I just I just don't think yeah, I just don't think there's gonna be that many occasions where um, Sancho right, Ronaldo middle, Rashford left, and then like Pogba and somebody else in the middle. I just don't think that's gonna happen that many times. So because he just likes Fred and McTominay so much. I agree, Def- and definitely against uh, you know the big, big, uh, big four, and against the Liverpool's and City and Chelsea. I think he's going to go with that formation, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's do let's do the end part of the podcast. Uh, do some player ratings. What we're going to do. So if you think of your man, I'll give you some time to think of your man in the match. I know who mine is, uh, and then we'll go from the goalkeeper, and then defence, midfield, and then the rest of the team. Hi there and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links. The first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra. You can find the link to our Amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our koalu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with koalu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up koalu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link. If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcast over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month, so one TV show or 
film review per month it's up to you which one you want to choose we will watch a few episodes of the tv show that you choose or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month and then when it gets to the next month you can request a new tv show or a film review of your choice that's three dollar level tier that does also of course include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show Hey everyone, just wanted to record the housekeeping section uh, separate this week, uh, just getting used to uh, Varen as a uh, co-host and everything. So recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, we got another Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist podcast. This is up to season 2, episode 10, so just three episodes left for me to watch in this current season. So you can look out for that podcast, but it's really, really become a uh, quite incredible show. I definitely recommend you all to go and watch it. That's Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist as well another cw superheroes for superman and lois that's up to season one episode 10 as well uh, the next podcast for that will be for the season finale but, but both next podcast for those will be the season finales but zoe will be season two episode 13 and superman and lois will be for season one episode 15 so look out for those uh the american coach still continuing that's ted lasso that's up to season two episode nine so you can look out for that as well. Uh, did another podcast list. This one's talking about top five best zombie shows. So uh, out of all the zombie shows out there, picking the five that I thought were the best. Uh, not necessarily all of them are Walking Dead shows. So you can have a look at that list as well if you'd like to. That's the top five best zombie TV shows. Uh, speaking of zombie things, I saw the uh, Kingdom film, which is called Kingdom Ashen of the North. It's a prequel uh, backstory kind of thing for Ashen, the character. It's still very much tied into Kingdom. It's a sort of prequel thing. You can see that on Netflix as well. I gave that a must-see rating. I was very, very impressed with that. Walking Dead still continuing up to season 11, episode 4. Uh, we'll be covering episode 5 on Wednesday, so look out for that. Uh, of course, you've got the previous uh, United cast episode where we lost 2-1 to Youngboys, so you've got that episode. Then, of course, you've also got the 4-1 game against Newcastle. Uh, as well, which we talk, I talked about as well. Um, gaming talk last week. We, we will have a new episode on Tuesday. We delayed the episode a bit to accommodate for the PlayStation event, which was on Thursday. So, uh, gaming talk this week, uh, or last week, sorry, we talked about the PlayStation event. Lots of things announced. Also talked about Dying Light 2 and Epic versus Apple because of money and that sort of stuff. So, we talked about that. And that's pretty much everything we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Now I will go back to the podcast with me and uh, Varen. Uh, this next part is for our play ratings. Um, so I'm going to, I'll just read the players' names out one by one and then we'll give them, it's, so it's a rating out of 10, 6 being kind of like an average score. So if you think it's below 6, that's like they had a worse than average game. And then, you know, 7, 8, 9, 10 is, is a better game. Um, you, you good with that? Okay, let's go. Yep. Uh, with a ten, my man of the match. Uh, I don't usually do this for, for the for the goalkeeper necessarily. Um, De Gea, ten out of ten. And the reason I'm going to give him that is because of that save at the end. I think that's a man of the match. That's, that's a match winning save, isn't it? Like if he doesn't save, regardless of if Ronaldo should or shouldn't have had a penalty or whatever, the thing that actually happened was the penalty at the end. That is one of those match-winning situations. Whether it's a defender blocking a last-minute shot or a goalkeeper saving a shot, that is a match-winning save to me. And for that alone, I'm going to give him man of the match for that. I'm going to give him a 10. Uh, would you, what would you give to Haya? I would. Uh, he would be my man of the match too, and I would give him 10. Cool. I totally cool. agree with you. I cool. can't, yeah, can't, can't disagree with that. It is, it's, not, it's not every day that happens. 
that that was that was just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Uh, Wambasaka, I am going to give him a four. I think he had his same problems that he usually had. I think at certain points in this game, he played all right, which is why I'm giving him a four and not like a two or a zero. Um, I just think he has some of that had some of them same problems today. I think sometimes his balance looks a bit strange. Uh, in the same way that Fred, we'll get onto obviously Fred and McTominay once we get there. Um, I do think I do think he had a better game than he has recently. I know I'm giving him a four, so it's still a, pr- a pretty low score. I just think maybe he needs to be rested, maybe just rotated, maybe give the lower chance. And if one Basaka gets chosen, there's nothing he can do about that, I suppose. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a four. Might be a little bit low, but that's what I'm gonna go with. How about you? I'm gonna give him a six, a um, six. Okay. simply because I thought he was good on the ball today. I, I don't think he lost the ball like he, he usually tends to. Mm. My criticism of Aaron Van Bissaka, you know, was I, th- I thought he linked well on the right also, you know, sometimes with, you know, Greenwood and he tried, he, you know, he, and a couple of crosses that he tried to put in, I thought, you know, were, were decent. But my criticism of him, because he's such a good defender, at least I feel that he's a good defender, you know, looking at all, all his stats and you know, his tackling numbers and, you know, uh, blocks and all of that stuff. I just feel that his positioning, like you said, he gave Cresswell so much of room to cross the ball. Uh, and I don't know why he loses that defensive organization on the right. His first and the most important job is to block the crosses from coming in. He's a right back. Yeah. And just can't do it. He just loses. There was a time when he was actually in the middle of the field and Cresswell was the only one standing on the left-hand side. And I'm like, what is going on here, man? Yeah. So that was that is that is what frustrates me about Van Bissaka. I don't know whether that's a coaching issue, whether the coaches are not telling him where to, you know, where to park himself when he's when when we are in possession of the ball. You know, to to speculate and anticipate that we might lose possession and then, you know, how what is his what is his position gonna be when he tracks back? He's always running in I don't know why is he running straight towards the goal. He needs to go towards his marker. And his marker is Cresswell. And Cresswell found so much of space on the left. Uh, that was disappointing. So I would I, I would give him a six. I thought he didn't have a good game. He needs to he needs to improve in his positioning. And his job is to stop those crosses from coming in. I mean mm. he you know, he I don't think he did a good job there. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Varane, I'm going to give him a 9. I would have given him a 10 if he blocked the shot properly, but that was like the only negative thing he did in the game. So I'm going to give him a 9. Everything else, like we said, I think we mentioned it earlier. I think everything else about his game today was fantastic. So that's that's Varane for me. How about you? I would I would give him a 10 because he was my second man of the match. <laughs> so had De Gea not made that, so had had De Gea not made that save. And uh, there wouldn't have been a penalty, and we would have won two one comfortably. He would have been my man of the match. Uh, I just loved him. I thought I was. I watched him so closely. Some of the, you know, he. See, sometimes we also have to give credit to our defense for being just you know, the four at the back. You know, all of the teams are switching. You know, so many Chelsea, and you know, a lot of teams now have started going five at the back and stuff and it, it becomes easier right when you're two center halves when you got a third one there of course we don't seem to do well in the back three like we found out against young boys right but mm. but uh just just i mean it almost feels almost felt like today that you know with him there he just has that calming effect and you know some of the touches the way he was progressing the ball you know being being the guy you know 
always being there at the right time at the right place and stuff. So for me, he was amazing today. I I I just loved him. I I would give him a ten. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, Maguire, I'm going to give him the same score as Juan Bissaka. I'll give him a four. I thought he was poor at some points today. Uh, I think a bit like you said earlier. I think he just gets forward a little bit too much. If he want look, if he's talking to Oli, if he wants to play as a CDM, then just put him because <laughs> that seems to be where he wants to go. Uh, he does have that time a lot in the game, doesn't he? Where he just sort of gets the ball and just charges forward. So, um, but it can be a bit to a de- to a detriment sometimes. Uh, there was also a part in the game where he got the ball near like the left hand side. He didn't know what to do. Gave the ball away. Uh, West Ham almost scored from it. And again, uh, as I kind of mentioned earlier, I think Varane is making Maguire look worse. No, and it's not Varane's fault. <laughs> um, but yeah. and again, it could be that time thing with the partnership and that. They've only played like a few games together, but. Yeah, that's what I'd settle with on Maguire today. How about you? Yeah, to you know, because we won the game, I don't want to give anybody below six, right? Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's just me being, you know, really happy with the win and being optimistic. So I'll give him a six. I, th- I think he made a lot of mistakes. I thought he was a little slow getting to, you know, getting to, 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 to his uh, man when he was tracking back. I thought, you know, he was, um, yeah, I, I don't think he had a good game today. I would give him a six. Yeah. Okay. Okay, uh, you know the, the one point I want to make uh, is uh, you know which we probably you know did not touch on today when we were you know when you we were talking earlier, we had almost eight to nine corners in the game today. I think I don't know what the stat was, could be ten. We had so many corners, and you know Ramsey coming in set piece, eleven, you know coaching eleven, yeah, eleven corners, and and not that Shaw, you know, and I think Shaw took all eleven of them, and. I, think so. I I was disappointed that we you know we didn't at least come we came close to converting one but not directly through you know that ball that came off came off the defender and then Bruno you know took a uh, took a swipe at it and you know uh, and Fabianski made a great save so except for that one all those ten other corners were really wasted I, I felt yeah. sometimes Shaw's crossing wasn't good and sometimes I felt you know Maguire Maguire's positioning mm-hmm. he was he was Standing too close to the goalkeeper, he, he, he's one of our main men, you know. In in that box, we expect, we expect him to score through corners, and he doesn't give. I mean, that's another criticism about him, right? The, he scores for England through corners so many times. He just doesn't do that enough for United. Mm. And 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 today, I thought his positioning in the box and corners was was all over the place. He was. There's no need for him to block the block the goalkeeper and stand so close to him. He should be standing. You know, right in front of him, just trying to, you know, put his head to the ball. Mm. I think it's because Maguire can't aim his headers. He wins a lot of them, but he can't yeah. aim them. But honestly, <laughs> how many times has he headed? T- he's got two. He, he does the first part right, which is get up in the air and get the ball on your head. But he can't aim them. And it, I don't know yeah. if it's to do with like too much power, too little power, or it's just the general direction of where he heads the ball. Uh, of course, if he's defending, it doesn't matter quite so much because as long, as long as he heads it away. Then, then that's pretty much what we need. But I think that's sure. why that happens. Yeah. So, uh, Luke, sure, I'm going to give him an average six. I thought he just had, yeah, just an averagely decent game today. I thought he got forward all right, defended okay. I would have given him maybe a higher score if he didn't do the handball thing, which, of course, didn't lead to anything too serious. But um, just just an average decent game for sure. Six, not I'm not uh, overly happy. I'm not overly disappointed. Just it was all right today, I thought, Luke, sure. I I would have given him a eight had he you know had the first half 
I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. I would have given him an eight if he, if his second half was as good as his first half. Uh, I think mm-hmm. in the second half, he sort of, you know, fell off the wayside a little. I'll give him a seven still. Uh, I, you know, I, I thought, you know, he did find himself in good positions to cross the ball sometimes. I think, you know, that shot he took in the first half, he, you know, could have almost scored. Fabianski made a decent save. I thought his cro- crosses were good in the first half, not so good in the second half. So I thought I thought he you know he had a uh, it it was like a tale of two halves for him you know I thought he had a great first half in a not so good up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right, I'm gonna do these two kind of as a pair, Fred and McTominay. I'm gonna give Fred a two, McTominay a oh. <laughs> four, I think. Fred just loses the ball too oh. often. He misplaces the ball too. He mispasses it too often. He can't stand up enough times. Too many sideways passes that don't go. He did a few more forwards passes today, but maybe he needs a rest or he needs to be rotated or something. Or I I don't know. Um, I used to, uh, this season I've not given him very good ratings, at least as far as I can remember. Someone might be able to correct me on that, but I liked him a lot more last season. I, I don't know what's happened to him. Um, again, as I said earlier, I think he just needs to calm his game down a little bit. Just try and. It feels like he's maybe trying to do too much or try and do hard. I I don't know what's going on with Fred, but um, yeah, there was like a lot of fifty fifties that he lost as well. He gave the ball away a few times. Um, that that's just me from uh from Fred. So, uh, and McTominay, I thought he did almost the same things, but he was just a bit better today. I thought McTominay. So, how about you? I. I agree. I thought Fred was poor on the ball, especially, to, you know, we, we spoke about it earlier. It was so frustrating to watch him towards that period between 70 minutes to 80 minutes. Lost the ball at least two or three times in about four minutes. Um, so, can't, you know, can't uh, give, him a, give him anything. I mean, you know, I don't want to be harsh, but I'll give him a four. Um, you know, I thought positives, I thought he did win some of the second balls, you know. But then when he wins the second ball, then he almost again loses it. You know, yeah. that's the problem. And he takes such a bad first touch that the ball gets away from him all the time. Hmm. So that is what is frustrating to watch. I I just, I just still feel that, you know, maybe Ole should try Van der Beek instead of him in that position. I don't know. Um, maybe he will do that. Maybe he won't. I don't know. But he's been given so many opportunities. And, you know, I know he's a, you know, he's a, He's somebody who really, really turns to in big games and stuff. But, um, but yeah, he's just very frustrating to watch. You know, mm-hmm. can't. McDominay, I think, I won't give him, uh, I'll give him a six. I, you know, I don't mind giving him a seven too because, you know, simply because he's come back after, you know, uh, a surgery. He, you know, and he's, this, this is, uh, this is his comeback game. He, He's one of the fittest players in the team. Didn't look very convincing to me, you know, physically. I thought he was, he looked a little lethargic sometimes. Uh, but I, uh, I like McDominay. I, I like him as a player. I, I, I think he's, yeah. yeah, I think he's, he's flex, versatile. He can adapt. And he did, he just did some, you know, real good things on the pitch too today. He, you know, he's somebody who can bomb forward. There wasn't too many killer passes and stuff. I, you know, I don't expect too many. From him to you know he keeps it simple, but um, yeah, but he he did again give the ball away quite a few times too. So that for me you know just just kills it, right? I I and these are like school ball uh, school schoolboy errors. It's not like he was trying to make a difficult pass like Bo- Bruno does. Bruno when he loses the ball, it's almost like he's trying a killer pass, right? 
and he loses the ball or something yeah, like that. Yeah. He loses the possession. But these guys, McGuire, Fred and McTominay today lost, I can literally count it, lost the ball seven, eight times where they just had a guy standing in front of them and they passed they passed it two yards in front of them. Mm. So that's that's just, they have to sort this out, you know. Yeah. I just think with McTominay, he's better when he's breaking forward. But it's either because Ollie's saying to him, like, no, stay back with Fred, or he just doesn't do it. It's one or the other. Um, and he just doesn't always get the opportunity to break forward. Because um, I think some of McTominay's better games have been when he it actually plays as a box-to-box player, which is when he has the ball in our half, passes it to somebody else, breaks forward, and then somebody else gets it, plays it to him, and then we do something from there. But that just doesn't happen very often, and I don't really know why. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, what side should we go to next? Let's go to the right side with Greenwood. Um, I'm going to give him a seven. I thought he was a bit restricted in his game in ways that weren't really his fault. I thought he uh, tried quite hard. Um, he didn't really get a chance to do any of his type of shots that he, he likes to do. Again, I, I personally think that's because he's not playing down the middle that doesn't mean he can't score from the right hand side of course he's done that before I just I just always feel when I'm watching Greenwood and he's playing on the right hand side he just feels a bit more restricted plus I just don't think Wambasaka helps him out enough and I think that happened again today uh so I'll give him a seven I I thought it was it was pretty decent but just a little bit quiet because of other reasons so how about you yeah seven quiet game uh didn't have you know didn't have much of an impact but didn't do anything wrong either you know so uh mm-hmm. a lukewarm sort of a game for him uh you know uh but you know everything that you said went didn't really go missing but you know was a little detached mm. so yeah but but still you know nothing against the kid uh you know there'll be times when he'll get more chances to come in cut into the box and you know take that right foot left foot you know so Oh yeah, yeah, it's, definitely. It took seven, seven, yeah, seven is still a decent game for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bruno, I'm going to give him eight or nine. What do I want to go with? I'll go with nine. Uh, I thought it was really good. I thought a lot of his link-up play was really good today. Of course, the pass again to uh, Ronaldo for the goal was fantastic. Um, th- th- this was one of Bruno's better games, I felt. And I didn't really notice too many sort of like stop trying the crazy passes, Bruno sort of thing. I noticed he was. I, I think he was a little bit calmer today, which I think helps. I, and I think Fred could use that advice as well. But, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, a pretty good game from Bruno today. I'll give him a nine. How about you? Uh, absolutely agree. Nine. I would be tempted to give him a ten. I thought he was amazing. I tweeted today, you know, in the middle of the game, that I think he's world's best number ten right now. And I think, I think, uh, a lot of that has to do with Ronaldo coming into the team. I think, you know, he's not he's not getting irritated that much. He's not shouting and losing his mind. He's today I thought he was very calm. He was he was he was animated, yes, but he didn't look like, you know, look like that that guy who was trying to carry the team on his shoulder. I think with Ronaldo coming in, he sort of, you know, he sort of knows that there's a big figure in the team now and Ronaldo does that too. He, you know, spares enough. I think they sort of complement each other too, you know, well too. And he, you know, he absolutely, yeah. He he could have had he could have had three or four assists uh, assists uh, today, and you know, Ronaldo could have, could have easily had a hat trick. You know that 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 pass to Ronaldo when he put it right on the plate for him to score in the beginning of the second half, and uh, you know, and Fabianski made a great save 
that could have been, you know, his second assist too. So, yeah, I thought nine, you know, even ten would do. But let's, yeah, let's just stick with nine. Cool. Uh, Pogba, I'm going to give him an eight. I thought we had a bit of a quieter game, a bit of a slightly sloppy in certain parts of his game. I still thought he was pretty good, just not quite that Pogba that we that we know. I think. Um, but he didn't have a. Ter- I don't think he had a terrible game. Eights are still a pretty good score. Uh, he did get subbed off, which I thought was the right choice because he was just sort of falling out of the game. I thought. Um, so, yeah. Uh, something which I didn't say earlier, I, I, I usually don't compliment Oli for his subs because they're usually not very good. I will give him some some credit today for his substitutions. Apart from the last one with like Matic coming on at 89 minutes, I think bringing any player on at that late is a bit weird. But I, I thought the, the Lingard sub in the end obviously scored and the Sancho won for, uh, I think Sancho came on for Pogba. I thought that was good. So And they were a bit earlier subs as well, which was good. So I just, yeah. want, to, uh, I just want to throw that in as a comment as well. Uh, what would you uh, give Pogba? I was a little disappointed with Bob today. I, yeah. I, I'll give him a six. I'll tell you why. Because I think he spends too much of time on the ball. Uh, he, every time he's double teamed, you know, there's there's always a time when you get this feeling that he's going to lose possession. You know, every time he gets double teamed, and I, you know, he's he's a physically, a, you know, a, a strong, you know, boy, right? He's 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 built, built he's built with like iron bones, right? So. I remember Rooney made this comment about his bones, you know, when he used to when he used to play with him in the academy. But he he does that way too much for my liking. You know, he he needs to he needs to get get the ball out of his feet when he sees there are two or three guys, you know, sort of teaming him in the middle of the field. And I feel sometimes he slows the pace, you know, of 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 our you know of our attack in transition, especially. You know, especially in transition, when he gets the ball in the middle, he's looking for that long pass, and then he sees somebody's closing him down. Then he'll try to take two touches, three touches. He tries to look for a lot of space to make that killer long ball pass, but it doesn't. You know, it doesn't happen too often for him. I think he needs to start doing a bit of what what Bruno does, which is do a, more of give and go in the midfield. You know, try to move the ball faster with one or two touches. Uh, just. That frustrates me sometimes about him. Mm, yeah. Uh, Ronaldo, I'll give him a nine as well. Another really, really good game. Uh, another great goal. Again, that link up play with him and Bruno is uh, fantastic at the moment. Um, There's a couple of times he could have like done some other, made some different choices, I think. But overall, you know, Ronaldo had another Ronaldo quality type game and should have probably had two penalties. So um, who's who's taking the penalties now, by the way? We will find out. <laughs> we haven't we haven't had one since What's... Ronaldo's got here, have we? Because uh, yeah, at one point it was have. Rashford. Bruno obviously has scored loads of them. Pogba's can take him. Ronaldo obviously can take him. Uh, I guess we'll find out when uh, when we get a penalty. It's, uh, yeah, mm. it's interesting. Bruno is the designated one, I think now. Uh, you know, between him and Rashford, but you know, Rashford usually lets him take it. But I think yeah, let's see. Once we win a penalty, I think it's going to be. I have a I have a sneaking feeling it's going to be. Um, you know, Ronaldo. It's interesting. We haven't even, you know, uh, could you ask me that question? I just realized that we haven't even had a free kick or something. I don't know. Uh, oh, Ronaldo's got to take this. free kicks. Ronaldo's got to take free yeah. kicks. Yeah, Ronaldo. Yeah, Ronaldo and Bruno will be on free kicks, and we'll see who's going to take them. But you know, like you said, maybe Ronaldo's going to take them. But I think he had a. I mean, he had a proper goal. You know, proper strikers game today. Mm. Uh, he was amazing. I, I'll give him a nine. Uh, I think he, along with Varane and uh, De Gea, were just 
you know, of course, Daya was the man of the match for me, but he was right up there, another candidate for man of the match. He could have easily had a hat trick, four goals, um, you know, and uh, just just so slick and, you know, such a good finisher. Uh, brilliant. Uh, and also, some of the, you know, you got to see some of his, you know, some of his uh, stuff uh, with, with, with the step overs and stuff when he was cutting from the left. So that was good. I thought should have easily had two penalties. Would have mm-hmm. probably converted them. You know, before uh, even if you take away the penalties, he had you know two great saves from Fabianski. So either way, he could have had five goals today. You know. Yeah, yeah. I wonder sometimes, like depending on the team and the player, if you're a defender and Ronaldo's coming at you, and whether he's running at you or he's doing stepovers and he's standing still, like I wonder what goes through a defender's head. When like Ronaldo is, I've I've got to tackle Ronaldo. I wonder what that's like. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, it, it it must be a bit stressful. So, yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Uh, it's all right, good let's to move see. on to. Oh, what was you gonna say? He hasn't uh, lost as well, right, with the ball. So that's a good thing to see. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, good, let's good move good. on to the substitutes. We've got Lingard, Matic. I don't really think we can really give Matic a score. I don't remember anything he actually did. Um. You know, when a player comes on for two minutes, you can't really give them a rating per se. Uh, Lingard, I'll give him at least a seven, I think. Uh, obviously, the winning goal and everything. I think that was good. I think his overall performance was pretty decent as well. Uh, Sancho, I'm going to give him... Uh, I'll give him an average six. I thought he got involved pretty well on that, but not, nothing massively sort of noteworthy per se. And then Matic, I'm not going to give a score to. So, uh, how about you for the subs? Uh I will give Lingard an eight because of the fact that he scored the winner, and also uh-huh. because of all the criticism he got. I think you know deserves more appreciation today. Uh, 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 he was good. He scored the goal, brilliant goal. Um, Sancho, I thought was again decent, like you know, like Greenwood. Uh, that kind of a game, I think he came. He did. I wouldn't say he necessarily impacted the game, but he did look good going Take forward part, once yeah. he came. Right, so I'll give him a yeah, I'll give him a seven, six or a seven there, six. Let's go with six. And I would give Matic. Actually, I would give him a six two or a seven because I think Matic did assist Lingard for the second goal, didn't he? Uh, let me check that. Yes, he did. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. so I would probably give him a seven there. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, sometimes players just come on so late that you like there's not much to say for them. But I suppose that's yeah. pretty impactful. Uh, that's our thoughts on the game and all the uh, play ratings and everything else. Uh, if you would like to let us know your thoughts on the game, what do you think of the penalties and the save and the Ronaldo goals and everything else, let us know what you think. MatthewEntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalk UK, there's contact page and information in your show notes to so get involved. Let us know what you think. Uh, next up, we've got West Ham again, haven't we? On uh, uh, Wednesday in the the Carabao Cup, and then we've got Aston Villa on uh, Saturday. So that's pretty much this week's games to to look forward to. Uh, so we'll see how that one goes as well. Uh, in the meantime, you can find all of our other podcasts that we've got on entertainmenttalk.org. Uh, TV, video games, films, and Manchester United podcasts. So take a look out for all those. Uh, you can spread the word uh, about the podcast. You can either tell people that you know about the content, either just through word of mouth, social media, that sort of thing as well. Uh, if you'd like YouTube notifications for the different podcasts, a little notification videos, you can go to YouTube, uh, Entertainment Talk Plays on YouTube, and get yourself subscribed to that. That's also for, also for the Let's Plays as well. Uh, social media, share them around, Facebook, Twitter, that sort of thing. 
uh, Patreon, $1, $3 level tiers, ad-free podcast review options. Check that out as well if you'd like to. Uh, Varen, you can can find you on Twitter. I think you just search. You can just search for Varen, can't you? Or have you got a specific uh, what's yeah. Twitter name? Varen, Varen MUFC. <laughs> okay, cool. So go go and find uh, Varen over there and give him a follow and say hello if you'd like to as well. So and of course us Twitter eTalkUK for all that. Uh, TV and film news you can go and find all that stuff over on geektown.co.uk and if you want that weekly podcast format, Geektown Radio Tuesdays. That's either on geektown.co.uk or Geek, Geek Time Radio on podcast platforms. Uh, for Twitch, you can find Beck streaming very, very regularly over on Twitch, Trista Bytes, Trista, B-Y-T-E-S. Go and give her a follow over there. You can also find me on Twitch as well sometimes, UK for all those streams. And if you miss any of those streams, you can find the archive later on YouTube, Entertainment Talk Plays. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you on Wednesday or for the next podcast. Take care, thanks, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Uh...